Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. And we are the Two Drunk Accountants. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about value-based pricing and, and selling, mm. uh, which is an interesting one. It's something that we have moved more towards in, in recent years and, and a mm-hmm. lot of accounting firms are, but it is something that you could use in your business, in, in any business. Um, so yep. we thought we'd, we'd discuss that, um, get some fundamentals there. It applies to me, Dan. It applies to all facets of life. Mm-hmm. What true. is your value, Dan, to me uh, and this podcast? Well, I would say my value to you is everything. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't finish it there, I was about to cut you off as well. I was gonna be like, That's nice. Thanks, Dan. That's pretty much what I expected. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Well, Tim, what, what is, is the Tim, Tim and Dunno? How's your week? It's been good, Dan. And the Cut main- the shit, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you just stole my plan. Yeah, yeah. It executed it brilliantly. And it worked well. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's been a good week. It, the main thing I want to really mention is, Dan, we got some... No, I didn't say Dan then. I said mm. damn. Mm. Like a damn wall. Yeah, like an extra M in there. Mm. We've got some good guests coming on soon. We do have some good guests. We've been talking to a bunch of people mm. about coming on the podcast. That's right. I'm uh, excited about that. And we're, we're going to, so I might as well mention it now. So we've got a, a, a couple different ideas for the podcast coming up. A um, sure. few Monday episodes that we might throw out. Yeah. One of them in particular that I'm excited for, um, which we've mentioned in the past, um, is like a how people built their business, um, small business, yeah. um, the problems they face, the technology they use, For the sure. things they overcome. Um, and really just getting a story out of these people and, and yeah. relating it to, to everyone else. I like it. Um, we've got a few in mind. We've mm-hmm. got one that will definitely be a shoe-in because um, he works here. Um, Daddy. <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> and then a couple others. But we're excited to bring that to you guys uh, over the next couple months. Yep. But also, as Tim said, just some good guests lined up uh, with some We're, really relevant topics starting yeah. next week. Um, finally, finally, we got the liquidator. He's <laughs> been too busy just yeah. crushing people's hopes and dreams. <laughs> no, no. No, no, I kid, I kid. But it'll be good. We're getting uh, Josh Robb on next week. Josh is on, Partners. Is, on, is on the podcast, which will be great. We'll chat to him about liquidation, what he does, what mm-hmm. they do. Um so that'll be really good chat. We're looking forward to that. Really relevant for everybody because people is. often wonder, like, well, what, what, what do they do? When do you need to see them? You don't want to think about it, but no. you need to. Yeah. Uh, as, as a previous guest of the podcast would say, have a plan B. Oh, I like it. Mm. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Bit of a Kylie throwback. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so that, that is a good Tim and Danlo, Tim. I think I'm, I'm probably the same. Uh, Don't copy my Tim and Dan Lowe. All right. Well, um, what's the Tim and Dan Lowe for me? Uh, went out for for dinner last night. 
with with my grandpa. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, that's good. We went to the big house, as he calls it. The big house. Yeah, nice. Um, that reminds me of um, Arrested Development. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> doing the time of my life. <laughs> no touching. No touching. That, did, you, did that memory pop up on your Facebook today? No. No. Oh, that was a post about a year ago. We mm-hmm. made from the podcast that that was no touching. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose this time of year we just think about Arrested yeah, Development for some odd, reason. Very odd. Um, yeah, so I went and had dinner with him, so that was good. That's awesome. Um, and just normal stuff happening. Cool. Busy with work, the usual. Nice. Uh, but let's move on to a business update, Tim. Okay. I see you've got a couple lined up I've here. got a couple lined up. The first one is it looks very likely that the um, well, it's past the lower house and it just I don't know if, if it already has passed the, the Senate or not, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Um but the $10,000 cash limit. Yeah. Yeah. That so, looks like it's happening. Yes. Yeah, so this was a key recommendation for, or from... Um, Gonski? No, it wasn't Gonski. <laughs> that's that's uh, education, Tim. Oh. But it was, it was from some review um, yeah. about into the black economy and the cash economy. Yeah. Um, and one of their recommendations was to stop illegal drug um, trades and also cash things happening. Yeah. Um, limit cash transactions for businesses to ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Now, practically, I can't think of an example where <laughs> where we've used ten thousand dollars in cash to no. buy something. I'm, you know, I'd be interested to know if um, I'm thinking more people who sell things of high value, so mm. like bikes. For example, bike shops, car car dealers. People might come in with ten thousand dollars. They might, and you've got to kind of say, "Hey, I can't accept that. You have to yeah. put that in your bank and yes, send it to me." Sorry, dinner. yeah. Can you yeah. transfer that electronically? Yeah, um, which would which might be hard in that in that mm. situation. Mm. Uh, a lot of people are against it because they're like the government, you know, stopping mm. legal tender from being used, and, yeah. and they 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 just want to control us through the banks. They took our cash. Exactly. Um, I on principle. Don't care. No. <laughs> if it means I never people, carry cash. Like. If, if it means people are, um, you know, declaring all of their income and yeah. paying more tax and we can get more services or pay mm. less tax, yeah. then that is a good thing in my mind. Yeah. I once went and got a picture framed mm. at a local picture framing business mm-hmm. and um, uh, they always did a great job for me. But I was this experience was a little soured mm. because um, he was a bit upset with me that I didn't have cash to pay him with, mm. and then he knew I was an accountant, so he was like, ah, "Typical fucking accountant, <laughs> paying paying an FBOS." <laughs> I was like, "I just don't have cash. It's not, <laughs> like it's nothing uh, personal." So, so this this obviously won't stop that. No, it's not. There are still but, a lot of businesses out there that are doing that, but. There's a step from the ATO moving in that direction, isn't there, Dan? Imagine mm. one day mm. there being no cash over a thousand dollars. Yeah, a cashless economy, basically. Yeah, if you're paying for something, even even over a thousand dollars in cash, mm. is that's a lot of cash? The thing that I, the thing that I think about with this is that. Yes, I think that there is an argument that people can say that, oh, they're trying to control us, but I don't think they are. But, you know, mm. you can see why people might be upset with that. Mm. But also, who gives a shit? And it's still your money. <laughs> and just, like, no one wants to carry cash. No one wants to carry cash. Mm. Pay your tax. Use your card. Mm. It's easier and it helps the country. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's Dan's opinion. No, I like it, Dan. I like it. Um, another quick one here. And uh, that happened during during the week uh, is Woolworths 
underpaid staff $300 million. Oh, I did read that. That's pretty bad. Over like a five-year period or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did they had their shares go when they announced that? I don't know, probably poorly. <laughs> I'll do a quick check. <laughs> but yeah, that so that's it's just another one. Another I knew that was a reason I didn't shop there. Yeah, that's why I always shop at Audi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they pay their stuff too much. <laughs> yeah, they do actually. <laughs> um, but for little work, very little yeah. work. Um, yeah, so it's it's another another cab off the rank here with underpaying staff. Um, you know, there's been all those restaurants that have had the same thing. Um, so who knows where this is going to go? But it does make me think: like, are they intent? And I think this was surrounding penalty rates. Ah, uh, okay. So I don't think it was like your hourly rate was too low. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it surrounded penalty rates. When did that news come out? This week, last couple of days. Share price stayed the same, didn't it? Fine, yeah, nothing. Nothing. Like it dropped a little from $37.73 to $37.20. Yeah, to a, a tiny bit. But earlier in the month, it was worth $36.29. So, <laughs> so the market doesn't... No one gives a shit <laughs> about that 300 mil. That's gonna be yeah, it, it does raise questions about um, how complicated the wage system is. Um yeah, and whether or not that needs to be reviewed to make it simpler. It but, is so complicated. But at the same time, Woolworths is a billion-dollar company. Mm. They probably could afford somebody to be on top of this stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So really, well, no, no, no the, excuse for that. Not even just somebody, a team, a team. of somebody's who yeah. it's their job all day, every day to so, be on top of. Exactly. So and I, there's probably lawyers in there too. I, so I think um, there's no real excuse for them. Um, no, but no. yeah, interesting, interesting. Mm. So I do have another one, but I'll save it till next week. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. all right, all yeah. Right. Um, all right, Tim, do you have a tight ass tip? I do, Dan. And it's just like last week; it's it's airline related because we've been booking a lot of flights lately. So, mm-hmm. so this week, um, my tight ass tip is called share your checked in luggage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is a good tip. <clears throat> so, in the days of purchasing checked-in luggage, mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously prefer not to wherever mm-hmm. I can. Yep. That's the biggest tight-ass tip you can get because Gosh. not only do you save time, mm. you don't have to check that bag, you don't have to pick it up when you get there. The, the time's my favorite thing. Yeah. You can just like, it's so good. Mm. Just get on and off. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sometimes you can't do that, mm-hmm. specifically if you're traveling with your wife to yep. a place for a weekend. Yep. And um, so, in that instance, you need checked luggage but you don't need two bags, do you, Dan? Yeah, I agree. It doesn't always work out that way for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I 100% agree. So, what you can do, and and Jetstar and Tiger are a good example of this. Mm. They, through the process, you can add baggage, Mm -hmm. but they don't automatically let you single out um, each passenger's baggage. Mm -hmm. So, there is a button... So, if you don't look hard enough, you won't find it. You mm-hmm. might think, no, but you have to add it for both. You can't just add it for one. You can. You can, yeah. You just got to click the button to mm. single passenger. Correct. And then add the baggage for that passenger. So, yep. rather than doing $20 over two people, just do it over one. Mm-hmm. Save yourself 20 bucks each way. Yep. Share a bag because you can fit 20 kilos. You're going for away for a weekend. Yeah. If it's away for a weekend or something, easily you can, you can all easily, get one bag. Easily. Um, so if you're going away for a bit longer, and you've got your carry-on still. Don't mm. forget, you've still got like seven to ten kilos each carry-on. Mm-hmm. 
So um, to me, that was a better value. When we're talking about value, Dan, mm. that was a better value pick. It was going to cost me uh, about 15 bucks to increase my carry-on luggage mm-hmm. quantity from 7 to 12 kilos with Tiger. Yeah. But to add 20 checked in was like 20 bucks. It's just so like, let's just check it. See, I'm I'm flying to Brisbane late next week, mm-hmm. and I did just this. I cool. booked one check-in yep. luggage, and we've each got our carry-on. That's it. That's plenty of space for, oh, for so three days. Plenty of space. So it's sort of like that meal sharing thing, mm-hmm. but it's bag sharing. Bag sharing when you fly. I like it. Mm-hmm. Good, good tip, Tim. Cool. Good tip. Thank you. All right. Well, should we move on to our uh, our main topic? I don't see any reason why not. So, as value, said, yeah, but just interrupt me. <laughs> uh, value, <laughs> knock knock, Tim. Who's that? Cow. Cow. Moo. <laughs> You're a bit slow there. You're a bit like. <laughs> Would have been better if you got me before I said, like, just as I was saying, cow. Mm, I got you halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, I like it. So uh, today's, <laughs> now we're past that, <laughs> today's main topic is uh, value-based pricing. Why do you see value in this podcast? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so the, what, essentially, you, you had a really good explanation before, Tim, of, of, of a succinct way of, of what value-based pricing is. Yeah. Um, I can't really recall exactly what I said, but it's along the lines of um, shifting your mindset to... Value the price of something you're selling, whether mm. it's time-based or if it's a product, mm. away from cost of inputs mm-hmm. or cost of time inputs mm-hmm. and more to what the value of that item or time is mm. in the mind of the person you're selling to. Yep. So, the person who's going to be buying that product or service, mm. you really need to like step into their shoes mm. and view it from their perspective. Yeah. Because um, not saying that time-based um, selling like hourly rates or cost selling is wrong. No. But you could be missing the value that you're providing mm-hmm. and not charging appropriately. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's all about, you know, um, not pricing your product or service based on how much it costs you to provide it, mm-hmm. um, but more in, you know, what perceived or actual value is the client or customer getting from that product or service Mm -hmm. um basically you're charging it on a perceived value of the service yeah so it's a big shift Mm. for a lot of people so if we think even about tradespeople, yeah generally there's an hourly rate dan and then a markup on the materials yeah they always called it the builder's margin yeah the builder's margin yes i'm just gonna throw a builder's margin spot on on. Mm. um and that's fine Mm. that's okay but there are some issues with doing this. Mm-hmm. And then, so if we think about professional services, mm-hmm. again, generally an hourly rate. Yep. And then say, if you're a lawyer, you might charge for things like printing and postage and Correct. disbursements with a margin. Which on always, top of that. always shoots me. <laughs> yeah. Scanning mm. per page. What, what's that cost? Yeah. Um, so those are examples, I guess. Then another one might be, um, you might be really tempted to... Let's say you're selling uh, bread. You might be really tempted to look at the cost of your inputs mm-hmm. and the time it takes uh, to bake the bread. Correct. And then go, well, let's just make at least 80% on this. 
mm-hmm. or something like that. A hundred percent write up or whatever it may be that yeah. you need to recover and make a profit. Yeah, valid for your time. Yeah. Now those those are all good approaches, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you should stop doing that. Yeah, but you could be missing out completely. Yeah, and exactly, you could be missing out on. Let's say that um, the bread example mm. that you make this really unique. Gorgeous loaf of bread. Yeah. That's just real tasty. Is it sourdough? Fresh. It's a sourdough. It's, it's it got, so good, it's right? Pumpkin seeds on top. No pumpkin seeds. It's just, it's a good one. Um, <laughs> and it's a good the baker next door um, makes a, a white toast cut loaf. Yeah. And the cost of creating them mm. are identical. Yeah. Now, yeah. is yeah. your bread going to cost the same as the next door baker's bread? It just so happens that every person who comes into your store... Mm. Also gets, uh, if they're going to eat in, a free glass of sparkling water mm. with their sourdough. You're bundling bread. some services, and your cafe just tends to be the one with the nice vibe and the um, yeah. the cool branding and exactly. a really relaxed and um, enjoyable atmosphere. So, so what they're getting then is a much higher value, exactly, and experience than what they're getting at the baker next mm-hmm. door. And if you were going to price it based off your costs, maybe you're going to have a little bit more cost there because of the soda water, yeah. the cost to do the brand. But still, the, it's not going to be much more. Yes. The value perception is what you really need to tap into with the pricing there. Correct. And this really also plays a little bit into kind of, you know, basic economics, supply and demand. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you've got a product that's seemed to be wanted mm. and people are going to be willing to pay more for it. Mm. So, you know. Definitely. More for it. <laughs> and this is a thing as yeah. well. <laughs> it's almost like a bit of a catch-22 mm. or a chicken and egg situation. Mm. If that cafe were charging low prices, mm. people actually might perceive their products to have lower They're value. Lower value, yeah, that's right. So it's sometimes like what comes first, mm. the price and then the value, like the value perception and then the price? Yep. Or is it because you're charging higher prices, people perceive you to have a higher value? Yep. That's right. So we, we've mind blown. There's been a lot of things written about this, and a lot of people talking about it. I found a couple of good articles that I think we'll we'll use a bit of the information from. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I found that Zero actually wrote. I think it was a n- number of years ago, but still, it's pretty relevant. Um, so they said, obviously, the different ways of billing. You've got your hourly base, which we've spoken about, which is just a, a charge set rate per hour for services. Um, your cost plus, which is what we spoke about with the builders. Yeah, yeah. And then your fixed pricing. Which yeah, it's is, a fixed. Yeah. Which is more like, it's still based on cost, but mm. you fix the cost, you fix the price, sorry, before the services are done. Yeah. So whereas your cost plus and your hourly, you can quote, but usually it's based mm. on those inputs. So yep. if you spend more hours, you charge more. Yes. Whereas a fixed price is regardless of the inputs, this is what you've said it costs. Yeah. Um, but you've worked that out based on your cost. Now I want to hear, Dan, what are the issues, what mm. are the risks of using that type of pricing? Because there are still people... And like very good businesses mm-hmm. that we see all the time yep. using those pricing models. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. And we're not saying you can't do well if you use those. No, definitely not. Because we see it, I mean, we're guilty of it mm-hmm. as well definitely. at times. Yeah, we're definitely guilty of it. And, and it's there a are shift very in your mindset. Su- yeah, there are very uh, successful businesses that, that use these other costumes. And that's fine, works for them. Yeah, um, absolutely. This doesn't work for every business, but... Here are some of the issues that are in this article, which I found particularly um, useful. Mm -hmm. Um, So the faster you work, the lower your income. 
Exactly right. So what if you find a way to be more efficient Mm -hmm. as a builder to build that house? Yeah. You're just undercutting yourself. Exactly. The value of that house is still the same. This is a perfect example. I had a client who does earth moving. Mm -hmm. They invested money to improve their earth moving equipment, Mm -hmm. which meant they would get the jobs done quicker. Yeah. But they were charging an an hourly rate. rate. It didn't matter. So I was like, well, now you're going to have to up your hourly rate. (laughs) And then they were worried about having that conversation about upping the hourly rate. So sometimes in that situation, what they end up doing is just fluffing the hours a little bit. Yeah, right. So what they what they should Which do is not good. I mean, they don't need to double their hourly rate if it's going to take them half the time. But you could just say, oh, it's you know, I can do it half as far. I can do it twice as fast as the next guy, um, and I'm only going to charge you. A, you know, it's going to be roughly the same price. Come back to the value proposition. Mm. Yes, that could be a way to do it. Peg yeah. it at whatever someone else could do it at. Mm. Or you could say, well, you know, you were paying me. $3,000 to do this yeah. per day. Mm-hmm. Well, how about um, it's only $2,500 because mm. I've just upgraded my equipment. It's only going to take me half a day. But don't even talk about how long it's going to yeah, take right. you. I'm going to give you this result Yeah, and I'll give it to you for $500 cheaper. Would you be keen on that? Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah of absolutely. course. And then you come in and it takes you one hour. Yeah. And for you, you could do two of those jobs in a day and you exactly. earn twice as much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's more the way you have to start looking at things. Yeah, you're right. Um, so the other issue is that clients will shop around for the lowest rate when you, so the, the issue with this is that yeah. if, if you're basing it on cost and input, and as you said, if you're working faster, it, the price is lower, well then it's just a race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Clients who are paying that are typically looking for a cheap rate. Yeah. So the cheaper you are, the lower perceived value you are, like Tim yeah. was talking about earlier with the cafe. Yeah. And the, those kind of clients are just going to shop around for whatever's cheaper. And you're just going to keep trying to make your price lower and lower and lower. It's because you're not selling the value of that product. Yeah. You're just selling the what you've done. The cost of it. Yeah, the cost. You're not selling the outcomes and the benefits to the client. It's more just based Correct. on price. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to raise rates is another example that they've yeah. given. So they've said, uh, you know, even if you make dramatic improvements, um, raising prices will be hard because you're tied to a wider economic factors such as inflation and GDP. Yeah. Yeah, so very true. So if if you're basing it on cost, then if your cost goes up, mm-hmm. if you're not selling any more value of that product mm. or service, then the client's not going to want to pay more. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, your skills are disconnected from the rates. So, you could be a much better accountant than the guy sitting across from you. Yeah. But um, that doesn't mean that you can charge more because it's based on the cost. Yes, definitely. Yep. And as you get more skilled, Mm. you get more efficient Mm. and you solve problems quicker, does that mean you should charge less? No, definitely not. No. It's taken you 10 to 15 years of experience to get that sort of efficiency and knowledge. Correct. Correct. Uh, So... Revenue is limited to time. So this is specifically the example you were giving with mm, the Earth Mover. So yeah. if they're selling per hour, why be quicker? That's it. And there's a maximum amount of revenue you can make per annum based yeah. on the hour. Like we only have a certain amount of hours per week, per mm-hmm. year, yep. in our lifetime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why limit yourself to the amount of time mm-hmm. that you have? And then last but not least, um, you don't know your value. That's the biggest risk I see. Mm. And it's also... I think the biggest risk is if you're not thinking with a value mindset, mm. you're not going to be trying to achieve better outcomes for your customer or mm-hmm. client. Yeah. So you're not going to be thinking, well, what what are they using me for? Mm-hmm. And what could I do 
to really delight them or wow them yep. with my service mm-hmm. or product and therefore enable me to make more money from yep. that or charge more mm-hmm. because it's a higher value service. Yeah. Um, and in the same way, what am I doing that they don't want that I'm just wasting my time and resources on mm. that they don't see value in? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a risk. And then you might even start getting into conversations with people um, about your pricing. Mm. And they'll be like, mm, look, um, Mr. Cheap over there mm. said they'll do this for half the price. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be like, well, that's fair enough. That is a good price. Mm. But each year I save you X in tax. Mm. I enter my phone within a day of you mm. calling me. Mm. So... I'll communicate with you rapidly. Mm. I prioritize your work and get it done before deadlines. Mm. And so more shifting it to the outcomes. Mm. And then if the cheap service can fulfill all of those things, then great. It's very unlikely Mm. because um, usually cheaper is lower quality. Yeah. But you can't guarantee that. Um, But yeah, yeah, it it, it just gives you an artillery to fire back Mm. with, well, no, I do represent high value because of these reasons. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I don't think Mr. Cheapo is going to sit down with you and talk about your margins exactly. for a while. I will. Mm. Um, yeah. Th- things like that. What happens when you're stressed over something and you need some help? Yeah. Well, they're not going to be there to help you. And it do so then it comes back to, does the c- customer or client see value in that? And if mm. they don't, maybe it's the wrong customer or client as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So, so we'll get, we'll dive a little bit in a second into um, how to value price but just another article i've got here with the benefits um which is just a good summary basically increasing your sales without necessarily working any harder because you're pricing based on the value that you're selling um you can uh eliminate surprises for you and your clients by providing some certainty if if you're doing some upfront based pricing that's cool um which is a good idea Mm -hmm. uh you can eliminate negative fee conversations by doing it up front as well. Yeah. So that's a big thing that we've found that, um, you know, we do um, upfront pricing. Sometimes it's kind of been fixed price model. Sometimes it's value-based price model. Um, But we have been able to have those conversations before the work ever starts. Yeah. Um, And then you do the work and, there's no shock. There's a happy ending at the end. There's no yeah. big invoice. There's no upset. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to worry about it, which, yeah. is, which has been a great thing. Definitely. Um, so you can achieve profit return that is proportionate to the value that you are adding to your clients, mm. which is good. That's cool. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, increase your efficiency, your leverage, and your productivity in your business um, without that reducing your income. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest one. It's the opposite Amazing. to the, the reason. What a world. Yeah. Uh, you can also attract... Um, staff and customers who are attracted to that value. Yeah. So you can retain some of these people because yeah. they perceive the value, not just you as a product. Yeah. Which is which is an, another good point. Very cool. Um, and you can free up your time to concentrate on other revenue generating activities. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you've been able to price with value and you're not necessarily having to work harder, well, you can spend more time then figuring out doing some marketing or whatever. Or adding more value for or your adding clients. more value for your client. Exactly. <laughs> it's sort of it's it's a really downward spiral if you can't operate with that value mindset. Yeah. And it's something we've been guilty of, like I said, in mm. the past in our own business. You get busy trying to deliver a result 
mm-hmm. for people, which can mean sometimes you're putting out fires. Yep. But you've always got to keep taking that second, take a breath, mm. take the step back and think, what is the value in this instance? And make sure you're not giving your value away for nothing. Yeah. Which is actually going to erode the value in your customers or clients' eyes. Yeah, which is you. which is something we're all guilty of. You know, oh, we, for sure. We, we want to help. We want to, you know, client calls and you help them with something. And yeah. You, you've priced it based on a, an out a couple of hours or whatever. Yeah. And you think, you know what? What I did then was really high value work. And mm. I essentially just gave it away for free. And here's the thing. If, especially if you're a builder in anything. Mm. Once someone has used a service or consumed a good mm-hmm. or something is created and built already, mm-hmm. it's far less valuable in retrospect. Yeah. The value point peaks just before, just as they need it. Yeah. Just as they're demanding it and requiring that service. That right. is when the value is at its highest. Mm-hmm. And if you're not putting a value on it at that point, well, then you're going to lose out. Yeah. You can't You can't look back and say, no, 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 but you really mm. wanted that. And they're like, ah. Now I've kind of now I've eaten the sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Not sure, not sure it was really worth that to me. Exactly. Um, uh, I want to pay you half what yeah. you think it's worth. And and the thing as well is you <laughs> you want to make sure that you continue to provide that value. Yeah. Um, I mean there are some examples of of value based pricing that that has gone the complete extreme and wrong direction. So one example of this would be what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago with pharmaceutical companies mm. who are, who are valuing their treatment for cancer based mm. on the fact that people get to cure themselves from cancer rather than the cost and it basically mm. means that only the super rich can afford it yeah that's so pretty hectic that's an issue mm. um it's a yeah. big issue and then you think of you know I, I would think that something like prada or one of those high brands you know it, it might only cost them the actual cost of the product might only cost yeah 10 bucks but they're selling it for three thousand yeah obviously they've got pretty high marketing costs and yeah. those kind of things but yeah. but still i would say that's a value based because the cost between that and a kmart bag oh, is no different it's definitely value based um mm. so what are you getting from that well you're getting status mm. you're getting reputation yeah um which is a value yep so so these are examples in the higher end and the lower end but you know accounting firms, builders, things like that. You've got, to, you've got to charge based on what you think the value is. And that brings us to the next step. Mm-hmm. How do you figure out what your value is? Yeah. And that's the hardest part of this. It is. And it's, it's trying to, you've almost got to convince yourself of the value first mm. and then you can communicate that to your client. Yeah, so you've got to have a lot of confidence. You've got to have a lot of confidence. You've got to have had this conversation with your team, make sure everyone's mm-hmm. on board with the idea, okay, what we're actually providing here is a really valuable service. Yeah. Um, and, this is what it costs us to deliver, but this is what the value is to the client. And sometimes it's not just delivering the outcomes mm. because that is something which I'm sure everyone can achieve, but it's also communicating the outcomes to the customer or the client and reminding them, hey, we just did this for you mm. and yes, you're happy, but just a reminder, this is why it's so valuable, yeah. X, Y, Z. A really great thing that I heard once um, that we've spoken about is a, is a value diary yeah. for clients. And this is more if you're in the services, not so much if you're selling products. Yeah. Because you know when you're selling products, the value is really around the branding and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but in a service, a value diary, you've got these clients, you just, whenever something valuable happens, yeah. you note it. Yeah. And then it, when you're selling the value again later, you can say, hey, yeah, I am... Um, 
30% more expensive than this guy down the road. But mm. I did this, 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 and this for you during the year. And I plan to do that for you again. Yeah. This is just some of the value I've provided you with. Yeah. And suddenly they go, you know what? He is worth every cent I pay him. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Value. Value. Uh, so the other part of this is in order to value base price, you, you do need to provide a valuable service. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, mean, I think you just it's need to just, do a good job. You need yeah. to do a good job. Um, you know, if, it, if your costs plus, um, yeah. and you're doing bare basics, well then that's probably the right model for you. It's also a very vulnerable state mm. to be in as well, because some people might not see the value in mm. what you're proposing yeah and that's fine you've got to be fine with that you have to be fine with that Mm. and you have to be open to those conversations yeah and you have to be open to saying well look you know i only have so much that i can give to my potential customers or clients yeah it's not going to be an ideal fit for everyone yeah this is what i think it's worth because of these reasons Mm -hmm. if you don't think that suits you then that's okay because there are other people who are keen for that value and do see value in that yeah so, there could be some instances where people choose not to continue buying your product or using your service because of that. Mm-hmm. But you can't be scared of that. No. You have to embrace that. Embrace it's it. actually going to free you up and allow you to provide more value and keep reinforcing the value exactly. for the clients that do see it. Exactly. Or customers. Yeah, that's right. I think that's a, that's a good point. Mm. So, in summary, basically, uh, if you're doing value-based pricing... Yeah. Uh, essentially what you're doing is basing the price of your product or service on the perceived value in the minds of your customer or client. Mm. Um, you're, you're still going to keep track of your inputs and your costs because you need to make sure you're making enough money. Um, yeah. yeah. But so you, just, still, you might still have an hourly charge-out rate. Yeah, but it's for but internal use. for internal use. Yeah. Yes. For instance, uh, we have that. We do. Yeah. It reinforces whether or not we're making a profit on our time. Exactly. Obviously, we're trying to... The higher, the better. Yeah, it means we're delivering more value. Exactly, um, and then it's also just identifying what the value is to your customers and your clients that you're providing, eliminating things that aren't a value, and ensuring that you're communicating that value to the clients um, when you're setting these prices. Yeah. yeah, love it. Cool. All right. Well, that's the main topic for today. Yeah, that was a big one. It was a big one. It's a good, good one. to talk about it though. It's good, good for us. Talk. Good for. Yeah, and if you want more information about it, get in touch with us because we're going to be able to provide a lot of things. We've we've got a few notifications. Hey, let's check them out. We put out a video before we started recording. So, let's see if we've got any interesting reactions Mm. to the video. What have you got, Dan? Uh, I've got two questions here. The first one is from uh, one Kate Beggs. Oh, Beggsy. Congratulations, Beggsy, by the way. Yeah, engaged. Yeah. Good on you. Brett got the old wobbly knee, <laughs> as he likes to say. <laughs> uh, so, uh, she says, uh, what is your biggest gripe about each other? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, I, one springs to mind straight away for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, so we have a water jug upstairs <laughs> <laughs> and look, it's enough to fill up. If it's full, it's enough to fill up a one liter bottle easily, easily with, with a little bit left. Now, for some reason, every time I go to fill up my bottle, mm. it only fills up at least a third or a quarter mm. of my bottle. And I've found out that it's because Dan fills up his bottle and then doesn't 
Go and put more water in the jug. <laughs> so um, it's quite frustrating. My bottle here is about 600, 700 mils. Tim's bottle is about a litre. <laughs> yeah. So when I fill mine up, there's a good third left in the jug. And I think, oh, it's plenty. No. Put it down. It's not plenty. Uh, Tim doesn't like it. He got quite upset the other day. He threw a tantrum. He threw things around the office. <laughs> he didn't throw things. He kicked over Mikey. You know, <laughs> you know what happens <laughs> is I fill up my bottle to about like a third full. Mm. And then I go and fill the freaking jug up. And I come back and I'm like, I'll come back in an hour and fill it up because I'll need more water. Mm. It's fucking empty again. I don't fill it up that much. Actually, you know what? I do. You do? I do. You use it for your smoothies and shit now. I do. It's true. I, I use it probably... I probably empty that twice a day. Thanks, Begsy. It was worth asking that question. Now, what about you, Dan? <laughs> Airing of the grievances. <laughs> Have any grievances with me? Or? Um, what annoys me? I, I don't think... You don't really do anything annoying. I'm more the annoying one. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I... And I accept that. <laughs> if, I, if I had to... If I thought there would be something I did that was annoying, mm. it would be use all the bowls in the office. No, you do do that, actually. And the spoons. That, is, that is true. All the spoons, spoons and bowls are very valuable. I also it? really worry that you <laughs> don't wash them up correctly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I do leave them for like a day and I have oats and so it gets all uh, sticky on uh, the side. I do worry that your washing up technique um, is lacking. <laughs> And and that I <laughs> I have to re-rinse before I use. Oh, so that's a good one, Dan. Yeah, so yeah. that's true. I, nice that does know. annoy me. Not going to change anything, but... Yeah, so we've also got a, a message from um, from Jade. Oh, Jade. Your wife, Jade. Oh, Jade. Yeah. I know Jade. Yeah, she says, uh, what is both of your signature dishes and at what price would you give it if you owned a restaurant <laughs> and, what? Wh- and why? <laughs> <laughs> that's a really like out of left field question yeah. jade wow is she trying to say that i don't cook anything because mm, that could be what she, potentially no no i do i've got one have you got one dan Too far I, away. i do have one and here's the thing um i'm about to go the opposite of what we just spoke about for 30 <laughs> minutes with value-based pricing <laughs> okay so my signature dish um would probably and it's real simple because i use mostly just like the ingredients that come from the come from the pre-made stuff sure. it's just spaghetti bolognese and it's mainly just because i love spaghetti bolognese mm. so any spaghetti bolognese is my favorite but mine in particular yeah. i really enjoy okay um i added some mushroom i usually add some nice. some beans in there nice. um i use i used to use uh only beef mints um i've moved on to turkey mints mm-hmm. and occasionally i'll just go full veg and i'll have it with uh, eggplant and some lentils Nice. Both are good options. That's cool. Um, what would I value it? See, I'm the kind of person who, who enjoys a really cheap, good meal. <laughs> so I'd want to value it at like ten bucks, but I think, Oof. but in my mind, it's worth it's worth fifty. Mm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wow. go half of this. I'm gonna say it's a twenty dollars spaghetti. Okay, all right. Mm. It's called Dan's Garage. <laughs> Dan's Garage. <laughs> so that come from Macca going to that cafe in Sydney once that was in a garage? And no, that's weird though. It he wanted from... to open up a cafe in his garage at Shelley Beach. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Actually, we, so when I lived with him, we had an idea that we we're going to sell tacos on a Monday night. <laughs> anyway. Jesus. What would your signature dish be? Uh, mine would have to be anything to do with eggs. So I'm quite, quite good at eggs. And I recently added poached to the repertoire. 
Mm, actually, I take back my previous comment about what annoys me. Your yeah. smelly eggs. <laughs> <laughs> you cooked some yesterday. <laughs> uh, your smelly eggs bug yeah, me. True, they are smelly. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm quite good at doing breakfast meals, I think, and uh, and smoothies. Mm. I, you do make a lot yeah, of smoothies. I make a lot of smoothies. So what would you price this smoothie? Uh, you know, there is a certain limit on breakfast food, mm. say poached eggs and and smoothies. So it'd have to be around the $10 mark for a smoothie. Mm. And look, I'm going premium for the poached eggs because mm. I'm going to put some avo on the bread mm. first and then I'm going to poach it. And then I'm going to put some nice spices on top mm. and maybe a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of relish or, or something like that, mm. like sauce or chutney. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking like $17. Yeah, that's about right for avocado. And maybe squeeze some lemon. Yeah, well... Just squeeze some nice like lemon juice. I'm going to relish the opportunity <laughs> to come eat at uh, <laughs> Tim's Diner. Yeah, Tim's Diner. Nothing's finer than and eating Tim's in your diner. diner. <laughs> <laughs> Should that be our other thing today? I mean, that was a good other thing. That was a good other thing. Yeah. I reckon that's it. Nice one. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, send us uh, an email to drunkpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, to drunk accountants. Find us on Facebook, to drunk accountants. Find us on Twitter, at to drunk podcast. Mm. We'd love it if people came and followed us, especially on Instagram, because we enjoy using that. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a follow. If you could give us a rating and a review right now, you're listening to this, go, oh, you always bloody ask for a rating and a review. Just go do it. Yeah. Just go give us a rating and a review. It's not that hard. No. Even better, tell a friend. Yeah. Yeah, tell a friend. Definitely. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will calculate it. Bye.